Hello and welcome to Master Your Coaching Biz, a podcast for rising coaches and entrepreneurs who want to design the life of their dreams and make a massive impact on the world while building an inspired, successful, and profitable business. I'm your host, Cheryl Thacker, Master Board Certified Coach, trainer, ICF Mentor Coach, international speaker, and founder of Successful Coaches Enterprise. I believe that every coach has a unique gift to present to the world, and I'm humbled that I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of coaches and entrepreneurs on their journey to mastering their business. Join me each week as we explore all things coaching to master your business with tools, techniques, and strategies to create and market your products, get visible, make an impact, and grow your business. Listen in on interviews with leading coaches and entrepreneurs sharing their stories and best tips to teach, inspire, and empower you. Observe coaching sessions, participate in Q&A, and learn how to master your mindset to enhance your coaching skills. Are you ready to build the life and business of your dreams while doing what you love? Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. And I have Mark Mawinney with me from Natural Born Coaches. And I'm really excited to, um, to have you here, Mark. We're gonna talk a little bit about email marketing, which I'm excited about, but um, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, Cheryl. Yeah, so tell, me, tell us uh, a little bit more about you. I've worked with you before and um, I follow you. I'm in your group as well, but uh, tell my audience a little bit more about you. It's always tough to answer that in a really quick, uh, you know, sound bite. Well, uh, let me see. I'm turning 43 soon. So I'll start uh, kindergarten or grade one. Now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, I've been uh, in the coaching world uh, since 2014. And uh, my whole thing's helping coaches get more clients without paid ads. So uh, I focus on a few things. Uh, and one of them I think we'll talk about today is daily emails. I've started doing daily emails and April of 2016, and I've yet to miss a day, knock on wood. So I'm obviously a big fan of it. I, it's not like I've been doing them for two weeks or anything. It's been many years, and I always try to get as many uh, coaches and entrepreneurs on board with daily emails as possible. Yeah, so that's a real struggle. Um, I know for me, uh, working with my clients, getting them to see the value of sending multiple emails even in a month, let alone in a week, um, the kind of the golden rule that I put down is, all right, look, you got to do it at least once a week, but really three a week is going to be, you know, more effective than the once a week, but then your model is daily. So could, yeah. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Like, how did you go? I know, uh, I remember reading, uh, I think in one of your newsletters that um, you were ready to give up email marketing at one point. Yeah. Um, I was standing on a bridge getting ready to jump off with my laptop under my arm. No. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, anyone who's uh, listening to this and thinking, oh my God, he's crazy, and they come up with all these objections, trust me, I had all those objections before I started because I thought the exact same thing. Uh, so from 2014 to April 2016, I did emails like everyone else does them, or most people. You know, it was inconsistent. Maybe I'd email once a week or every two weeks, sometimes twice a week, and they were boring. They were designed to never offend anyone uh, whatsoever because you can't gasp, get an unsubscribe. That's horrible. Uh, so I just did it like everyone else, and I got zero results from the email. And I decided uh, 
by April, 2016, I was getting ready to kill it off and say, okay, I'm going to focus on what's working. You know, I had the podcast going that started a few years before that. I had um, my Facebook group and other stuff. I said, I'm going to quit emailing here because it just doesn't work. And I actually spoke with someone who is a fan of daily emails and he challenged me. He said, well, Mark, why don't you give it 30 days? You know? And I thought, well, I have nothing to lose here because I'm going to kill off my Aweber anyways. So what the heck, I'll give it 30 days and see what happens. And uh, then I made $1.7 million in a month. No, I'm just kidding. Didn't make, <laughs> didn't make millions of dollars. But what I did see happen in those 30 days, I noticed I started to get more people replying to the emails, which didn't happen much before. I started to make some sales, started to come in, and then I was on board with it. And I haven't missed a day. I think we're up close to 2,000 days now uh, without missing it. So that wow. was my thing. I, I, again, any objections you or anyone else has, I'm, I know that I had them. I thought, oh, my God, people will hate me. Everyone will unsubscribe, and it'll be horrible. And don't get me wrong, you will get unsubscribes, uh, especially in the early days. You'll get a lot. But I I called my list. I joked with you earlier. I said, it's a self purging list. It chases away people who aren't into daily emails and they probably weren't going to invest in my products or services anyways. Right. Yeah. So, so what, what do you write about every day? I mean, what, how do you, how does somebody get into that mindset to say, okay, I'm going to write an email every day. What am I going to write about? Well, it does get easier. I'll say. So in the early days, you're going to be struggling for ideas it might take you got two hours to write an email who knows uh, so when I started writing them it took about probably an hour <laughs> to write an email and then through doing it so often it's just like the gym you're working your muscles while well, you're working your content creation and writing muscles and now I can hammer out an email get it out there in, you know 10 to 15 minutes usually so what do I write about I mean I um I, I'm constantly taking notes of things I get ideas like you know from movies tv shows books I'm reading blogs, uh, videos I stumble across. So I'm, that's part of it. You know, I'm big on pop culture and I'll reference those things. On my own life, you know, I'll talk about things happening with me or my clients or coaches. I know, you know, I keep confidentiality in mind. Right. Um, so I wouldn't be like, um, my client Joe's dealing with a hemorrhoid issue at the moment. So it really hurts <laughs> <laughs> to sit down and start going like that. So you have to, you know, kind of use your common sense, but I will tell stories uh, for day to day. Uh, I, anytime I'm stuck, uh, I just go to my bookshelf. I read a lot of books and I highlight, I mark them up and beat the crap out of them. I can go in there and tell you, hey, here's a passage that stuck with me. I get ideas from my Facebook group or something I see on social media. That's good. Uh, so sometimes someone asks a question in the Facebook group, I'll answer it in my daily email and do it that way. So you can get ideas from anywhere after you get doing this for a while, it's not going to be an issue how to come up with their ideas or can you come up with enough ideas? You're going to probably have too many ideas. You're going to have to trim them down. Yeah. And how, do you have like any kind of a formula? Like how long are the emails or? No, I mean, anyone looking at reading my emails can tell they're a couple hundred words, but if you want to send an email, that's a paragraph, you know, go for it or a thousand words. I mean, you don't have to create something that's as long as war and peace, you know, or some big long novel. <laughs> um, I don't do any hard teaching in my emails too. So I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is they think, oh, I have to give them all this value and teach them just like a client and get them coming back for more. And there's actually disadvantages to that. So uh, don't get me wrong. You want your emails to be entertaining. So people open them and read them. You want to reward them for taking the time 
that they're investing into reading them, but you don't want to give them what you give your clients either because they're probably not going to treat it seriously anyways. They're not paying for it. So my emails uh, for a format, usually I will, um, like I said, a couple hundred words. And what I'm doing is usually telling a story or giving a lesson, something that I think people should know. And then I transition into a call to action in every single email. So some people are afraid to think, well, I got to nurture my list and I can't make the try to sell anything or whatever. I think that's baloney. So yeah. I always have a call to action, whether it be, now it may not be selling something, could be directing them to a podcast episode, could be driving them into my Facebook group, telling them about a webinar or whatever. Uh, but I always have a call to action. And it's not a really heavy arm twisting thing. I'll say what I have to say. And then I'll say, oh, by the way, I go over this in greater detail in next month's, in month's issue of Secret Coach Club. Here's the link to check it out. You know, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And how far in advance do you like plan out your emails? Uh, well, I always want to have emails in the can. You don't want to sit down that morning and have a blank screen and say, oh my God, I got to get it out in 15 minutes because that's a lot of pressure. So in a perfect world, I'd have a month build up. Uh, full disclosure, I'm usually closer to one to two weeks uh, mm -hmm. saved in there. Now, if something happens, let's say there's a zombie apocalypse tonight and I want to talk about it tomorrow in the email, uh -huh. I can unschedule tomorrow's email and slot a new one in there. So there's some flexibility. But yeah, I like to usually stay at least a week or two ahead uh, just so it keeps yeah. the pressure off. Yeah. And um, do you keep like a notebook or something that you kind of write those down in? Yeah. Um, I usually have my handy dandy moleskin I carry around. So I have a that. I have my notes in my iPhone that I'll do. I have a Word doc if I'm on the laptop that I'll put things in. Or I'll just start. I'll open up. I use Aweber for my email platform. I'll open up and I'll type some notes in and save them as drafts. So if I'm ever stuck, I'll just go through and look at some draft ideas. That might be a sentence or two to jog my memory. Uh, the other thing you can do is you can repackage content. So what I do often, I cheat. I can go back into something that I sent out, let's say in 2015 or 2017 or something, and I can just um, copy and paste. It may have to tweak it a little bit. You know, right. if I have something in there that says President Trump, I go change that to <laughs> President Biden or something like that. Yeah. But um, I can repackage content, and that's what I'll do often. If there's something that needs repeating and something that's still relevant, then I'll sometimes use an old email. Yeah. And that's an interesting point because, um, some coaches get stuck on having to constantly create new content and they don't repurpose Yeah, or if they know like the concept of repurposing, they don't think they can do that in like email. Um, yeah. well, and I think another way, good, uh, okay. go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, I was just going to say, um, each email I write with the reason it's important, it ends up going out to about almost 10 places. So that email goes out to my list, obviously. It goes on to my blog. There's different reasons for it, SEO and other stuff. Google likes that, but it goes on to my blog. It goes around Facebook. So it's in the Facebook group, the coaching jungle. It goes on my personal Facebook. It goes on my fan page. It goes on LinkedIn. It goes on Twitter. Sometimes it goes on Instagram, you know, and it goes all over the place. So you can squeeze a lot of orange uh, out of that, a uh, juice out of that orange just by one email could turn into, like I said, 10 pieces of content. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I do as well. Like my, I, all my emails are done the month before and all my blog posts and everything. So everything gets spread out in that month. Right. So, and even my podcast, cause you can, you can repurpose your podcast. You know, mine does the automatic translation or whatever is transcription. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has to be tweaked and everything, but 
you can pull a lot of the content from there as well. And that can be your social media posts as well as your email or your blog posts or whatever. Like there's, you can just repurpose that stuff because yeah. people need to hear that stuff repeated, right? Well, here's an idea for someone who absolutely hates email, hates writing, and the thought of it makes them want to throw up. Uh, if you're more of a video person, what you could do is you could do daily videos somewhere. Maybe they're Facebook Lives, let's say inside your Facebook group, then you could build your group with us too, or YouTube videos or whatever. Your email to your list could be something as simple as, um, hey, I did a Facebook Live in my group yesterday showing how you can easily increase your coaching fees by double without pulling the hair out of your head or stressing out. I don't know this off the top of my head that that sucked, but I would obviously <laughs> do a better job if I had some preparation. Um, but Hey, I did a video about X in my group yesterday. Here's the link to check it out. So then they have to click on that link, go into the group and they can watch it. Um, that's a one sentence email. You're not doing 300 words, 400 words or anything like that. And you're sticking to what you enjoy the videos, but you're still uh, implementing email marketing to help drive people to it. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you do release like a podcast or a blog post that can be its own email with not much verbiage in it, like, Hey, check out yeah. this week's blog post or whatever. I think the key for email is to not try to hold back. You know, a lot of people will do corporate speak, especially people coming from corporate. Yes. <laughs> like boring um, corporate speak. A great book around this, by the way, is called writing without bullshit by Josh Burnoff. And that whole book is around eliminating filler words, bullshit uh, and stuff. And he has an iron imperative in that book that he says he follows. And his iron imperative is treat the reader's time as more valuable than your own. So I ask myself, okay, is this gonna be worth the reader's time to click on it, spend the next minute reading it? And if not, then I'm gonna have to do better. Uh, James Altucher said something. He is referring, I think, to blog posts, but it applies to email too. He said he never hits publish unless he's afraid to do so, afraid that he's going to piss some people off or whatever. So my emails got better results and they do get better results when I take the filter off and I just let it fly uh, yeah. with it and compared to before where I was holding back and it was just, it would put people to sleep if they, back then, if they want to get to sleep, don't take a sleeping pill, just open up Mark's old emails and there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, how about like, uh, well, promoting, I mean, um, you know, big thing about a big, uh, kind of known thing with coaches is like, they don't like to ask for money. They don't like to promote themselves. Um, and especially in email, like, would you have a ratio that you follow? Or are you just pretty comfortable just putting something out there when you want it? Um, in terms of offers? Yeah. Well, well, people can't tell this because we're on video, but they're only hearing the audio. I don't know if you can see that, Cheryl, but behind me, I've got a portrait of a bunch of Benjamins. There's a whole, uh, even though I'm Canadian, I think your money's much cooler than ours. I prefer it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I'm, I, my whole thing is trying to get coaches comfortable with admitting that they're in business and they're uh, wanting to make a profit. You know, I always say you can't coach on an empty stomach. So if you're trying to do a coaching call, you got bill collectors calling and you're worried if you're going to be able to make uh, your car payment or you, know, you have a roof over your head, it's going to be pretty hard to, to yeah. do a good job coaching. Michael Beckwith said that you can't light up the world if you can't pay your light bill. So I'm big on anyone who looks at my emails can tell that um, the vast, all of them have a call to action to inviting people to take to the next step. And I would say you know, a large percentage of those are direct offers as well. Uh, I do the podcast once a week will be an email about the podcast, but the rest are usually something monetized. 
Um, I have actually no problem doing that. Like some people uh, gave me a hard time. I remember hearing December of 2019, I think is when Australia had all those forest fires. Remember when mm-hmm. it was yep. going crazy? Um, I heard people, a few people said to me, but they're all saying, I can't believe I heard a marketer selling today. How could you sell with everything going on in Australia? Then when the lockdowns hit in March, April of 2020, it was, oh, you can't sell now or whatever. Well, there's always something going on in the world. If there isn't, the media is going to make sure there's something going on. They're going to blow up something. So you'd yeah. never be able to sell if you try to abide by that. So I sell. The only email that I never had a call to action, I remember this one clearly. Are you a baseball fan? Or Not really, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm Canadian. I should be. I'm, I like hockey, but I'm more of a baseball fan. Uh, I wrote an email. Uh, after Roy Halladay, he was a star pitcher of the Toronto Blue Jays. He's like a national icon here, just great guy, great player. Uh, he died in a plane crash shortly after retirement off the coast of Florida. And so I wrote an email talking about some of the lessons I learned from watching a lot of games that Roy Halladay pitched in. And, you know, I just, I think, thought very highly of him. It didn't feel right to then share all the lessons from Roy Halliday and then say, oh, by the way, I'm doing a sale where you can get 25% off, you know, doing this and that. I just said, you know, here's what I learned from him, rest in peace or whatever. So there are cases like that, you know, that uh, you have to use some judgment with it. But that, I think that's the only time I can recall in the last uh, five years, six years of doing daily emails that I didn't have a call to action in there. Yeah, yeah I mean, that makes sense. Even um, like with the stuff that, happened with, um, in, you know, in the U S with, um, Mr. Floyd and that kind of thing. We, you know, you know, just being able to write about it and give your own opinion, you don't have to have that call to action on that type of an email, but, but yeah, if you don't have call to action and call to action can be anything, right. It can be to read something or to reply or whatever, like join my group or whatever. It doesn't always have to be, um, a sell, but you want them to do something that's going to eventually lead to, yeah. Well, good example. I'm playing around with a new, uh, he would hate for me to call social media platforms. So uh, Ben Settle's creating something called Social Lair. It's kind of like the anti-Facebook where you can create layers. That's our version of like a group, basically. And it's got a lot of advantages compared to big tech. But um, I'm going to be playing around with creating my own layer. And uh, I'm going to have next month, five, six days where I'll be talking about that just inviting people in. So that's not selling a program or whatever, but it's building a community and getting people in there. So that's the thing. It's your email. You can make the choice. You can have some fun, do whatever you want. Uh, What I always recommend to people is just have some fun with it though. And don't, you know, let's say haul the stick out of your behind. Some people are way too uptight with it. And (laughs) I think you're going to do better if you, if you relax and just let loose. Yeah. And if you don't enjoy it, you're, you're, it's just going to be a, the stress area and, and it's not going to do any good anyway. You're not going to get any, anything out of it. If people feel like that stress or tension of you, but yeah, I like the relaxing and kind of just being yourself. Cause it's just another way for people to start to know you. Yeah. Well, so I kind of laugh though. When I see people selling templates. They're like, Hey, you'll never have to write an email again, buy this package and you can just use the templates. And me, I never use, even if I'm doing a, a joint venture a promotion with a partner, I'll get ideas from swipe copy that they send me and stuff. Mm-hmm. I never just copy and paste it because people would be able to tell like, Mark, that's not you. You know, um, I'm not the type, uh, I hate internet marketing speak with all the exclamation points, capital letters, the stuff that people read, they feel like taking a shower after they're done. I'm just like, no, I can't say that. I, I just don't like it. I don't want to feel like the, 
what is it, the ShamWow guy or whatever the infomercials with it. So just put in your own style. Like I've had people who know me in real life who also read my emails and they're like, oh my God, Mark, your emails, hey, they sound like you. I'm like, well, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> what else are they going to sound like? So write like you speak. Yeah, I like that. Because then people will be able to connect with you better because you are using your own language, right? And your own uh, personality shines through. Yeah, don't try to be someone else. So that's a problem in the coaching world. Uh, I see it, let's say, for example, people who don't normally swear, uh, but then they see someone that's edgy and swearing. So they think, yeah. oh, I'm going to drop a bunch of F-bombs. A perfect example is when Tony Robbins released his Netflix documentary, I'm Not Your Guru. I don't know if you remember that. I should have kept the tally. If you're doing a drinking game, take a shot every time Tony drops the F. Oh, yeah, be, yeah. He'd be on your ass. It was really weird. Um, I don't know what he was doing with it, but hey, he's Tony Robbins, so whatever he's doing is working. But um, I think he dropped the F-bomb like about 500 times in that short documentary. Uh, what I noticed that was interesting in the week or two after it was released all these coaches I know I'm on their social media and stuff like that were suddenly dropping the F-bomb and they were saying things like, you know, if you don't go for your F and dreams, you're an F and lazy piece of crap, you, you know, and stuff like that. They oh my gosh. Didn't say. It was just too much. Now on the flip side, if you usually curse like a sailor, don't go out there like you're the fairy godmother, you know, and, <laughs> uh, or a nun or whatever. Uh, for me, like my language can get salty. I, yeah, I curse. I drop the F-bomb away from, not on my podcast, not in emails, if I'm talking to, you know, friends or stuff yeah. like that. But um, I just, uh, my language can be salty, but it's not drop the F-bomb for shock value. Um, I know one guy, I won't say who he is in the online space. Uh, people always gush about him because he, he says naughty words, you know, and stuff. He drops the F-bomb. A lot of his stuff's very similar to Brian Tracy identical like with round productivity and everything i look at it i'm like yeah he's basically just parroting brian tracy stuff but then he's saying some bad words and, and people are giggling oh my god he can't, i can't believe he said it i guess it works for him but uh he just dressed up something old in a you know uh, i guess aggressive uh, f-bomb manner and then people took to it so yeah i'm not a cursor i mean i am like if i get angry but you know, I'm from South Philly. I don't know if you know where Philly, but around Philly, but, um, <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> it's not normal speak for me. So I no. could never do it. If you see me doing that, there's something definitely going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, uh, in my emails, I got in trouble. I said, I got in trouble once I had a, a subscriber messaged me back. said, Mark, I really enjoy your emails, but, um, in the last email you said crap. Uh, so that doesn't align with me energetically. If you could clean up your language, I'd really appreciate it. Or didn't uh, uh, talk about positive vibrations and all this woo-woo stuff that's not me. And I'm like, hey, look, you know, if you want to unsubscribe, that's cool. But, you know, I write like I talk. You know, I might say crap. I might say bullshit or BS or stuff like that. I don't think that's the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, with it. So it's, uh, I know it's a buzzword or uh, to say uh, be authentic or just be yourself. But I do think there's something to it. Don't try to be someone else. Um, sometimes you can amplify it a little bit. Like they say, when you go on television, you got to turn it up. 10% or whatever, you can amplify your personality and do some things like the whole alter ego effect, but don't try to be someone that you're not because it's just going to shine through. Yeah. So it's kind of, you can step out of your comfort zone to, like yeah. you said, just to give a little extra, but not really um, go crazy with it. <laughs> yeah. My brother's funny. Uh, he, I have a twin brother. His team edits my podcast. And they've been doing it for years. So they do a great job. Uh, Matt's a little bit uh, more conservative with his language than I am. Uh, so I remember recently he uh, 
called me and he's like, hey, just give me a heads up. Oh, no, sorry, text me. He said, just give you a heads up. Um, we edited out. You said the word boner in an episode. Now, <laughs> boner is um, slang for a mistake, not nothing else, whatever people are thinking. So yeah. I said something like, you know, so-and-so made a big boner. And uh, Matt said, no, he said, I, I just didn't think that was good. I took it out. And I said, I wish you hadn't done that. But anyways, it's fine. So <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Well, awesome. So that's a lot of great info. Um, and we're actually coming up to the end of the time. That was quick. Uh, what Do you have any final kind of words for our- Boys, there's a lot to talk about with email. I'd just say it's going to take a leap of faith. You're going to have those objections in your mind and you're going to be scared when you start. Uh, I'll warn anyone when you start, and I mentioned this earlier, those early days, you're going to see a higher than usual unsubscribe rate. And don't worry about it. That's natural. Because all of a sudden, people who had only been hearing from you once in a blue moon are like, oh my God, Cheryl emailed me four straight days. What the hell's going on? That's fine. Like shake the tree, get those dead branches out of there or whatever. You're better with a smaller list. I would rather have a list of a thousand, let's say, for example, that is emailing daily than 10,000 that I hardly ever talk to. Um, the other suggestion I would make is don't pay too much attention to your unsubscribes. So I don't know about what you use for your email, Cheryl. I use Aweber. And when, I do too. Uh, yeah, the Aweber normal setting, unless you change it, is if someone unsubscribes from your list, you get an email or a notice. Uh, Cheryl Thacker has unsubscribed from your list. And then there's an option for you to put feedback in there. Uh, you wouldn't do this, Cheryl. <laughs> but some <laughs> people would be like, you know, I think you're a piece of crap, Mark. Why don't you get a life? You know, get a real job. You know, or stop spamming my inbox. Um, when you read that feedback, well, first off, even if you don't say anything, I'm going to be thinking, gee, what did I say in the last email that has Cheryl off? Did I say something? And I'm trying to guess and it gets in my head. Or if I read comments like that in the feedback, the feedback box, then that's going to get in. It's going to affect my mental <laughs> health. Yeah. Um, so what I recommend doing is turning that setting off. So you're not getting emails every time someone unsubscribes. So when I log into Aweber, there's that first dashboard. They'll say how many people joined today, how many people left, and so on. I might glance at that, um, you know. And there's every day there's someone unsubscribing, so I don't get worked up if I see it. But turn off that setting that sends you an email every time because that's going to drive you crazy. Yeah, that's good advice. I think I did that just early on because it's like, why? Well, I don't need to be told this every day. <laughs> Somebody's well, it gets in your head. You could have 10,000 happy subscribers and then you get one person who's an idiot and all of a sudden it just, you're going to focus on that one person and what they said, as opposed to 9,999 people who are happy. So just do yourself a favor, turn it off. And, um, you know, you and I joked around about wine earlier when we were talking about the 75 hard challenge. I've actually told clients, this sounds horrible, but I've said sometimes like maybe you need to have a glass or two of wine. Now, don't drink a bottle or two and then send drunk emails. You're going to get into, <clears throat> who was it? Roseanne Barr with Ambien or whatever. And she's tweeting. Yeah. That could get messy. Um, but I'll, you know, I say it jokingly, but I think there's something to it that sometimes people have to loosen up. They're so tight. I'm like, hey, have a glass of wine, have some fun with it, you know? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> All now right. There'll be a bunch of people become alcoholic marketers uh, <laughs> just because I said that. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe we'll get some comments. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So this episode has been sponsored by whichever wine company or, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh mischievous i like mischievous wine the brand anyway <laughs> uh 
So um, tell us, how can um, people get a hold of you if they would like to learn more? Yeah, I mean, you can head to naturalborncoaches.com. I've got some resources on there. You can opt into my list. People can probably guess they're going to get emails every day from me if they do that. Um, or the <laughs> Coaching Jungle, is that's a Facebook group. That's it. Uh, so it's naturalborncoaches.com uh, for my website or thecoachingjungle.com for the Facebook group. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mark. It was a good time and lots of great info. And um, I'll be talking to you soon, I'm sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks guys for listening in and we'll see you on the next episode. Uh, leave some comments. If you have any um, questions, let us know. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'm so glad we got to spend this time together. If you love today's show, please consider leaving me a review on the Apple podcast app so other coaches can find the podcast. For more information about me, visit SuccessfulCoaches.com. For daily inspiration and affirmations, follow me on Instagram at Coach Cheryl Thacker. Be sure to send me a DM so I can say hello. Until next time, to your success.